100% moving all of this because Is that our safe word <laughs> now? Cutting, cutting. Obviously cutting you have corn. to cut that. Obviously. Cool. We are better people than this and I am not doing this. Okay. I'm the better one. <laughs> I'm the one who's in abject horror. I'm good now. Okay. One of the questions I actually posted to our Patreon this week was um, in Pray Away, the Pray Away, sorry, former leaders of the Pray the Gay Away movement contend with the aftermath unleashed by their actions. If asked by former leaders, would you be able to forgive their actions on the LGBTQ plus community during the Pray the Gay Away movement? And actually, they said that they could forgive. Our Patreon actually voted towards forgiveness. That's because our Patreons are better people than we are. That's that's a hundred percent valid. It was probably <laughs> they're led by Chad. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I want to believe that I could forgive, but I think uh, as much as I'm not a religious human, I need some penance. Mm-hmm. I need you to not just throw up your hands and be like, "I was wrong," and now I'm going to go live my best life. And I hope the rest of you continue to smolder and burn alive in the embers that I like lit. What I wanted to ask you, Stefan, is. When it came to our Patreons, had anybody actually seen the movie to be able to make that that judgment call of them? They're going to they be okay forgiving these people? That I don't know. That I don't know. There wasn't any follow up comments based on the poll, so unfortunately, I don't know. I think, I think that would be a really just, interesting. The idea that they're just better people. <laughs> but like, are like, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> Are we bad people? We're not bad. Are we bad people? We're not bad people, but I think that I'm more likely to ask you to help me hide a body than to just be blindly forgiving. And I acknowledge (laughs) that about myself, and that's okay. But how, like, I I feel like, and this is not to shoot at anybody. I just want to ask a question. Actually, this is the question I want you to ask the Patreon, Stefan. My question is, is that knowing how pervasive and and far-reaching this doctrine has become and and how much it's invaded a lot of people's lives and, and ruined them how can you throw forgiveness on people who have done nothing to atone for it that that the 700,000 people who have gone through these conversion therapy camps and who have ostensibly said that they are suffer from PTSD from deep rooted trauma who were sexually assaulted, who were um, tortured. How can we say, yes, we'll forgive these people who allowed this framework to exist and, and basically fundraised for it, for the proliferation of hate. And I want to read this, 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 um, uh, this statement that Randy Thomas gave uh, after this movie was done for to church leaders. So he says, um, Thomas to church leaders who are still pushing conversion therapy onto their LGBTQ plus parishioners. Please watch this film. A lot of people don't realize that God does accept his LGBTQI plus children. All of the leaders in this film were tested. We were trusted. We understood these issues and we didn't change our minds lightly. Look in your heart. I think most religious leaders want permission to love and affirm God's LGBTQ plus children. They know that they have, They know that how we've been treated in the church culture is not fair. It's not good. It's actually abusive. I'm saying with the most loving heart, no shame, no condemnation. Please, pastor, stop the abuse. Please allow yourself permission to love and affirm the LGBTQ plus children in your congregation. It's okay. Just let yourself do it. Uh It's interesting because in the second paragraph, 
he stops talking about them and pulls himself into the community where it says they know that, that how we've been treated, including himself in it. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I understand that he went through a hard time when he was coming out and he basically was looking for um, community in, in Christianity. That's fine. I have no problem with religion. If you follow religion, that's okay. I'm not a religious person, yeah. but I can definitely respect the fact that you are. And you're looking for a community, you find it in the church. Where I have an issue is where your religion begins to impact the people around you in ways in which you either think that you are a better, be more holy, be less of a sinner, or the fact that you know more about how people should live than the people that you are prophetizing to do about their own lives. And then you take that one step above and start actively trying to restrict the freedoms and liberties of those those communities and minorities around you. Mm -hmm. That's what I have a problem with. And I think that Randy Thomas is a very good example of someone who fell into Christianity, found a voice in his misery, didn't realize, really feel a sense of community from the LGBTQ plus community, and then decided to spend his life's work restricting the freedoms of evil around him. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to feel that isolation and that pain. It's another thing to take that isolation and pain and inflict it on other people. Yes. And I I can never forgive them. I was going to say to add to that, um, I think as well, if you are a person who, you know, feels powerless and spiraling out of control, and then suddenly you know, maybe in a moment of not to excuse it, but a moment of weakness or self-doubt or whatever. And then you find this group who takes you in and suddenly offers you what equates to power and a platform. And you went from being, you know, feeling underloved and, you know, not respected or hated or whatever, and very powerless to now being in a position of power and influence, even if you were lying to yourself in the process, I feel like they get this, I don't know, power hungriness where like even a vet was like, we knew we were lying, but we couldn't stop type thing. And it's like, a, it's like you're drinking the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? You just feel like you have to keep going and I'm not excusing them by any means. Um, it's hard to let much, go. I very much think that it's a toxic situation. And when you're in it, even mm-hmm. uh, the young girl, Julie, when she was in it, you know, she's like, as as messed up as the sound, she's like, I still found a sense of community mm-hmm. because there was other gays there. And I think at the heart of it, people want to belong so desperately or to carve out, you know, a place for themselves and to be on top, however that looks to them, as opposed to being, you know, hated, persecuted, the outsider, Scared, especially confused. in those times. It was a lot easier to be the perpetrator and the aggressor than it was to be the victim. Yeah. And I think they just decided that they would rather fit that role, regardless of the harm that was being done. And Julie made it very clear that they didn't allow any sort of communication outside of group between Mm -hmm. the children because they assumed 
the 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 joke was that oh they, if we know where we live and our phone numbers we'll all just go out and find each other and have sex with each other and that was the like especially in the subject. age of Facebook like that's so fucked yeah but then it wasn't until she actually was able to sit down with a large group of ex ex gays who were able to express their emotions and talk to the minister and discuss their their fears and their stories and their triumphs. When she saw that, then she's like, I'm out. I'm done. Oh my God. The Lisa Ling interview. Yeah. That was the most powerful. So that interview you're referring to is from a segment called gods and gays from our America with Lisa Ling on the own network. Um, And it was basically an intense meeting of survivors of an ex gay reparative therapy and to confront Alan Chambers, who was the last president of Exodus, Exodus International. And that was something that basically, it was the first time that someone had stopped interviewing them separately. So you'd have like the survivors be interviewed by CNN and then like the ex-gay ministries would be on Fox or, or like some other religious network. And it was the first time that these people were confronted with with broken human beings who had survived the cruelty and then the torture and the, the ministries that they were promoting and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year um, advertising in the States. And it was actually interesting because uh, Alan Chambers, I think a couple of months after that closed Exodus International. Also hilarious story. He also was in a happy marriage with a man living his best fucking life oh my god <laughs> okay okay i'm so it. glad that they can move on yeah and find their happiness yeah what i think is the most interesting thing about any of these people these kind of like figureheads of the of the x gay movement i think it was really interesting that they've all managed to say because we've condemned our behavior back then and we apologize and we see the error of our ways and we are living our authentic lives. And because we were struggling with our sexualities and being deeply unhappy, that washes away all of the bad that we did. <laughs> and that look, 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 I'm Alan Chambers. I closed Exodus. I shut it down. I made sure that it was done. And I think also, 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 and this is the worst part. As of 2017, folks in the family, for the first time, declared itself as a church, convention of churches, or association of churches, claiming that it was no longer required to file the IRS disclosure form and that the sources and disposition of its $89 million budget were not for public inspection, which basically says that we will not know where they spend their money, who they donate to, and who they promote. Nothing. And I'm sorry, her children are probably very connected. I don't want, I don't want to <laughs> say they're fucked up, but I want to say that, they're like, probably obviously, fucked up. but like, obviously they've got there. There's something happening there. If for years you've been taught one thing and being kept in the doctrine of the church or kept in the doctrine of the, of the, of your mother's organization that she works within only for her to come out and be like, Oh, BT dubs. I'm bisexual. So everything that you knew about me, you thought I was a demon and, and, you know, LGBTQ is wrong. Like it's actually right now. Like you don't just like in one fell swoop erase years of institutionalized hate. Fundamental teachings. No, exactly. And knowing that John Paul's ex-wife is still actively uh, ahead of the, 
the organization. Oh, plus and definitely Hope. restart Hope now. Oh yeah, yeah, and also oh, yeah. she one hundred percent she kept those boys. So they are probably just involved as well. And it's just it's really sad to see. The interesting thing is that this movie kind of has two frames. It has the the four individuals that were ex ex gay ministers that were heads of the conversion therapy and then you have um julie who was uh, inundated that's not the word for it who was introduced to it as a teenager and brought through it and then finally saw that it was wrong because of everything and then left it and now you have jeffrey who started his journey as a queer person uh and now is started it finished it as a queer person is now starting as a conversion therapy activist. And what's interesting is that he very much said, though you'll have your conventions, we go to the street. You want to just do your your ministries? We'll go right to the people. This is the new age. Like Facebook. Yeah. Just like you said, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. They will create an influence that will be a bigger demon. And the problem yeah. is that I genuinely don't, and I still don't truly see or understand really what the freedom march is all about because it's first off you freedom from what from just being gay like i've just released the shackles of my homosexuality and found god like fucking whatever you all you it literally does look like a pride parade it's wild to me it's just every single person that was in his house getting ready for before the rally and and all the people that were part of that that little segment of the film were just it's like I just walked into a gay bar and was just like, oh, hi, guys. Oh, you're doing this now? Is this the new cool thing? I guess. Neat. Bye. Like, fuck me. Fuck me. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that bothers me about the Jeffrey guy was that he he's 100% going back to that same argument of, you know, being, say, young and naive and just wanting this sense of community because he was ostracized. Like, I'm sorry that your maybe coming out experience was rough and that while you were trying to identify as transgendered, you went to prostitution and all these other things. And I'm sure your life was not easy. Mm -hmm. That being said, that has nothing to do with you being transgendered. It has everything to do with you making choices. Oh God. And you cannot connect the two. And now again, this goes back to he's the leader of a movement when no offense, but any other, if he was just walking down church street, most people wouldn't give him a second look. You know, he might have a few friends, but he's clearly made bad life choices. And like, he's trying to find a place. So he carved out a place for himself by creating hate for everyone else. Building hate. Yeah. And what he kept saying, chop up their bodies. They're going to, we, we can't tell children to chop up their bodies. I'm like, I don't know genuinely what happened to you between transgendered female and, and Christian right-winged nightmare, but mm-hmm. like, but you don't get to just instill fear in people and think that's the way you don't demand attention. You command attention. The way you're doing it is saying your kids are going to get mutilated. Don't let them get touched. Don't let them think what they want to think. It's not right. It's like, fuck, what trick but hurt you? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, that's what he's, he's basically playing on the, the, the fear of like uh, transgender kids under the age who are still classified as minors. Cut this, uh, this ridiculous assumption that like their well, mutilation to them means like gender confirming surgery. So they're basically saying that 
the removal of someone's breasts or the remove or the or the removal of someone's penis and testicles and an inversion into a, a working vagina is mutilation of your body. That's what they're basically saying. And that is the fear of mo and the and the platform of most religious rights who are saying that like we can't do this to children because it'll be classified as mutilation. We're mutilating their tiny little bodies. But the, to answer your original question, Stefan, I wanted to jump in, but I wanted to let free, PJ answer. The Freedom March is basically just like a diverse group of Jesus followers who have been delivered from LGBTQ identities. It basically- They've been freed from the shackles of queer yeah, bonds. Basically what it is, is that they are, they are basically saying that LGBTQ identity is subjective. That, and- they're demanding in this march their right to counsel of like to choose the counseling of one's choosing to say that like we choose to have go into conversion therapy we choose the um we choose we want the right to be able to um propose this to other people without being labeled a hate group we want to make we don't want legislation to restrict the counseling for people who with unwanted same sex attraction or gender confusion and it basically advocates that for this group to have the right to shape one's sexual identity without political indoctrination, um, as well as to express their opinions and viewpoints online, in person, um, without being labeled a hate group, um, which is what they are, basically. Okay. So um, that's basically what it is. Um, but what I think is interesting is that the fact that Jeffrey, now that I'm thinking about it, and now that I've listened to you guys, because you guys are very smart and you allowed me to connect the dots that I wasn't connecting. I, I think, think we reason- all help each other get there. I was like, I have too many <laughs> thoughts and I need to focus them. I have so many really negative thoughts and I'm not going to put them in. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> I think what they, what they're doing with, um, with uh, Randy Thomas and Jeffrey is they're creating a parallel because once again, Randy Thomas, like he came out of the closet in the eighties, he was thrown out. He, he says he wasn't a healthy person around 92, which means he was prostituting and, and into drugs and he was looking for answers. So he went, to a church and it was like full of, he says it was full of artists it was full of like uh, other gays and it was like really cool and there was but he's like i can't remember the exact thing he said that it was like they also had a group of gays and underneath all of the coolness and the artistics and all of that like fun like fun energy there was a toxic theology that that basically said you need to overcome homosexuality to to be whole and that was an exodus, exodus group in the church. So what was interesting, what he said, the only interesting thing he said to me that kind of like gave me some understanding of why he continued following it was that he said, it was the first time I experienced community sober, honestly, and they accepted me for who I was. And it became a cult. Basically, I was in a cult where I was just happy to be there, to be accepted, and to be rewarded with attention and love. And it's exactly what Jeffrey is doing with his congregation. Because what he's doing is he's saying he also went through all these hardships. And somewhere along the way, someone said to him, you know what? You could probably be happier and whole and you wouldn't feel all this pain and misery and sadness if you just did this. And they rewarded that this individual with attention and love and encouragement and a place and community and family. He has become, it's a cult. It is a cult. And it's, he's basically gone out to other people who are feeling this way. And let's be serious. You, Stefan, PJ, Chad, Joey, all of us have talked about that feeling of 
ostracism and and loneliness and and feeling like you are broken a lot of your adolescence so it, it, there is a there is a empathy that i can feel for the entrance into this organization of like wanting that community but i i can't after that after i, I just find it just like i find it rightfully disgusting there's yeah. so much information nowadays that what jeffrey's doing with all of the information at his fingertips with all of the, the science and the and the reports and the evidence and the the case studies showing the harm that this messaging and this um this is doing to people and has done in the past people and all of the technology and and information at our fingertips what he's doing basically is being willfully ignorant yep. whereas like yep. randy thomas i can say in like 92 there wasn't a lot of ability to look outside of the the, the small narrow community you had but i won't forgive randy but i can see I can understand what he was looking for. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's XNDRA underscore D-E-S-I-G-N, XNDRA underscore design. I would love your feedback, comments, hate mail, whatever you got for me. But let me know it's podcast related because I get a lot of weird things in my inbox. Hey, everyone. It's me, Bear Sailor Moon. You can find me on all social media platforms at Bear Sailor Moon. Including Scruff. If you want to find that, uh, you can search me at Star Fox. I like that it's still not your real name. No. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Jennikin underscore. Or if you have an Amex Black card, you can send me a DM. They are open. It's not just the DM that's open, sweetheart. Well, it depends on the net worth. That <laughs> opens other avenues. I have a moon kingdom. Does that count as net worth? <sighs> Better yet, I think it's more important to ask how wide are those avenues. You can find me on all social media at C-A-R-L-O-T-T-A-C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. Amazing she can still spell that far up <laughs> in like name. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Chad. Follow me on Instagram at C-S-K-I-O-1. Or you could buy me a pizza. I just want pizza coupons. I will also accept pizza coupons. I guess that means I have to say something funny. Shit. (laughs) I'm not sharing my pizza with you. Okay, I will. I will, I swear. (laughs) You can find me at Julia Lynch on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me, SJ Maroney, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and Instagram under RWACPOD. Join our Patreon for all of our archive seasons and bonus content. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you subscribe. Until next time, go Steelers. Steelers.